0: Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with Evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's Evangelist Jonathan. You know when the water is draining down the sink, and then it's going like that, and then when it gets to the very end, it swirls quick and then gone? That's how this end of this fast snuck up on me. Day 19, which means tomorrow is Saturday... And we're off, and then Sunday morning service, and then the 6 p.m. break, and it's over. So I'm glad we did all-night prayer when we did. Before I had a church, and um, the setup was different, sometimes these things would go by, and you thought you had 21 days in the beginning, and you're putting things off, and you're thinking, one one night I'm going to pray pretty late. And then before you know it, the 21 days was over. So the the good thing is, we did take a lot of time to pray during the fast, which is what gives value to prayer. And um, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with, I'm happy with what has transpired during the fast. So yesterday, I don't know who covered for my broadcast, but we were in uh, Dallas, Texas, to go on Daystar for the second time in eight days, which is a big deal. Even sitting next to Pastor Rodney, <clears throat> there's a word I've dealt with a lot. Today is called Fasting and Prayer Day 19, Final Thoughts on Fasting. Um, This time last year, our program wasn't even on Daystar. Then we were asked to be a guest in May, and then again, I can't remember when, June or July, and then fall, and then uh, twice this year. So I think think it's five times we've been down, maybe six. The word that, that I've dealt with with you a lot is credibility. And I want you to write something down. Credibility is currency. If somebody, and this isn't a veiled threat to anyone who works uh, at Revival Today, but if, if one of the assistant pastors ends up leaving our ministry, and um, not on good terms, they just decide to leave, if if they tell somebody they're a pastor, and they say, where, where are you from? Well, we were working... Um, at Revival Today and somebody knows me and then they know I never mentioned them leaving and then they ask, how did you leave? Or they call and ask me how they left. It's going to hurt their currency because somebody like Rodney Howard Brown or name whoever you want, they don't care about the details. If you left the place poorly, then it, uh, they just know your potential trouble. That's why you should be careful introducing yourself to somebody by telling all the problems you've had. By the time when somebody meets me and they say um, we were at a church and then we got fired you know that we didn't the senior pastor had a problem with us so then we went to this other ministry and then they they weren't paying us what they should. I'm thinking, okay, problem, problem, and then we'd like to come here like mm, I'd like you to go somewhere else because your credibility speaks about what kind of person you are. Every place you can learn this from the life of Joseph, every place that you go, you should thrive, not saying nobody will hate you there, but you should have a thriving aspect to you, or even in the midst of people hating you or wanting you to not succeed, you succeed and you leave places well. You know, we had to send a couple out of our church. They came to church one day. We knew they had a young baby. They came to church with no baby. So I said, where's your, 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 your baby? Somebody asked them. Oh, we, uh, we, we, we left them. They found out. They, they were like, I can't remember where they were. They were not with them. So they strictly told them, you have to bring your, your child with you. You can't just leave a, a baby somewhere and then come into church. You can't leave a baby in a lobby. These are things you don't have to tell a golden retriever. And then they did it again. Baby didn't go to sleep too late, so we left him back in the room to sleep and we came to prayer. Okay, get out of here. I don't want you here. You have, a, you have an intelligence level of around IQ like 51, 55. You're brain dead. I don't want you here. Why am I bringing this up? Because you should not fail. Some people, they just fail everywhere they go. They never finish anything. They're out of Bible school after a year, after, after a year and a half. They don't need Bible school. Final thoughts on fasting. Let me just tell you the arrogance of people who don't go to Bible school. I feel to pastor. I want to. I heard, Jonathan, that you want to start churches all over the country. I want to take one of them. What Bible school did you go to? I, I haven't been. I'm, I feel I'm ready. I feel you're not. It Ministry must be the only profession that people think they can just do with no training. You never have somebody show up at an FBO and say, hey, I see you have a Citation Five there. I want to know if somebody could just flip me the keys. I feel called to be a pilot, and I just feel to fly it. You'll die, and they won't give you the keys because there's certification to go into ministry. You can't, or to, to pilot. You can't just launch into it. You can't just be a lawyer. You can't just practice medicine in your house. There's a system in every profession where you have to apprentice with someone, you have to show that you can handle the tasks before they license you, before you can call yourself a carpenter. There's, there, it, it's a crime to call yourself a, a, some professions and you not have the, the proper paperwork or abilities. You call yourself an architect and tell somebody I'm going to draw the plans up for your building and you turn it back into them and it's a Waffle House menu that you've colored in on the back. That you're going to go to jail. Or they can at least sue you. So I don't know why there are people that think they can just go into the ministry. Because think about it. Well, no, I don't feel I need to go to Bible college. Really? Why don't you? I went to Bible school. My dad is a preacher. Most of you know who he is. I lived in his house for 18 years. I heard many sermons. I went to Bible school. My father is a preacher's kid. He went to Bible school for four years. My Uncle Ted went for four years all my dad's brothers went my cousin teddy went to rhema we went to two different bible schools he, he went to but had brother Hagan teach him who are you that you can just skip all the steps well i smith wigglesworth didn't go to bible school how many people have you had raised from the dead all right i'll, I'll make a deal with you if you can get three people raised from the dead you can skip bible school if you can have a deaf school completely healed. And then even then, you know, Benson Edehoso that you've heard me quote, he had already started a large church in, in Nigeria, and an Assemblies of God pastor that was there told him, you should go to America to Bible school for further training. He noticed his theology was was bad or whatever. You, ne- you need trained to go into the ministry. And I really hope in this 21 days of prayer and fasting, as you've tapped into your spirit, some people, the only outlet for their spirit, yes, I'm saying they left their kid without getting a babysitter, and I'm saying a, a couple like that could take down our whole church. That that something happens to that child, they find out they go to our church, let alone the safety of the child. Somebody wrote a pastor that never went to Bible school. Great. There are outliers to everything. Some people can just go into Major League Baseball at 18 years old, but... Ninety nine point nine percent can't. And if you're going to use these examples of how you can do great in the ministry, then also look at these guys that didn't go to Bible school and, and see where they were at your age. So if you're still saying they didn't go to Bible school and you're doing an Instagram live that has three people that watch and your cash apps and your bio. You're not on their, their track. For every one person you can tell me about that didn't go to Bible school, I could tell you about 1,100 people who didn't go to Bible school that are complete failures in life, dabbling in the ministry. They've been thinking about pastoring for nine years. You know, final thoughts on fasting. What was one of the first things that I I taught on the fast? I taught how um, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, when you fast... Wash your face and comb your hair. In other words, no one should know you're fasting. Your boss shouldn't say, you seem weak at work. Is everything okay? We're worried about you. We've been noticing you're losing a lot of weight and your energy level seems low. People shouldn't notice, other than the losing of the weight isn't controllable on on a 21-day fast. But you should act in a way that that you're not, yeah, I'm, 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 you shouldn't get weird on a fast. Is is what I'm saying. So when we come to the end of this fast, I would, if you could get one benefit out of the out of the time of fasting and prayer and tapping into your spirit, you should lose all the Christian weirdness out of you that makes you dysfunctional in society. I'm really happy about Revival Today Church that we don't have dysfunctional people, and if we do, they don't last very long. Because we preach about getting a job, paying taxes. It's not a commune. It's not a cult. So I want you, you, uh, and I have nobody in mind. Most of you don't have your real names as your screen names anyway. I don't have anybody in mind. I don't know who's watching. But I would really take time to think, have I succeeded where I've been in life? Or has my life been a constant bouncing around from failing here, moving here, failing here? Deuteronomy 28, 15. If you will not listen to the Lord your God, you'll be cursed in the city, cursed in the field, cursed when you come in, cursed when you go out. If if things have not been successful, I would look to come out of this fast and start making full proof of my Christianity by succeeding where I feel the Lord tells me to go. Not from bouncing from place to place. Yeah, maybe you could tell me about somebody who left Bible college, and we have Bible college students in the studio, I haven't gotten wind that anyone's leaving, but there's lots of young people in the the demographic that watch. You should finish what you start. I felt like leaving Bible college after year three, but you know why I didn't? Because it wasn't over. Finish what you start. Don't start a track record of quitting everything that you start. It'll bleed over into your marriage. Same way you leave Bible college because it feels like it gets hard. You'll leave your marriage when it feels like it gets hard. Be a person that sticks out the thing God calls you to do and succeeds at it. When the Bible says make full proof of your ministry, there, there are things, I feel to, I feel to, to, to pastor, okay, I, I'm going to pastor church. Who are you licensed with? Who are you ordained with? Well, nobody. You're off. There should be, so in the entire body of Christ worldwide, you haven't found one person that you feel like you, you, is worth being submitted under? That's all I need to know about you. And you're going to bounce around and be a loser your whole life, needing money, putting prayer requests on Facebook. We have a financial need. You actually don't have a financial need. You have a need to get functional in life. We have a guest in the studio. They're on every broadcast, typing funny stuff on social media. But he's a realtor. He's not just. He's not just. He's functional. A man who doesn't provide, let me let me let me read a scripture for you. As we come off the fast. You know, we had somebody connected to our ministry. We're not breaking the fast on 21 days. We feel to go 40. And so we want taken off of all volunteer work at the church because we have low energy. How about this? How about just don't come to our church anymore? I told you in the beginning, I don't want to hear about anybody going longer than 21 days. You don't listen. So if you don't think i know what i'm talking about go find a pastor who you do but they're not they want to start a church and you're going to have a little tiny church because you have a little tiny brain and you'll have the church size to match i want you to come out of prayer and fasting and do practical things that make you a functional christian who possesses the land not who the land has to earn extra money to help you pay your bills I see Brad Spurlock on here, functional Christian. His his young relatives that that train up under him, his sons and his son's cousins, functional people, smart people. You don't have to be great in every area, but you should pick one area in life and master it. For me, God called me to preach. I've given my life to mastering that. And pastoral work and evangelism. Pastor Corey Bowman, pastor in Cincinnati, congratulations on getting a a new building for your ministry. You can't carve out this little weird niche for yourself. And that's maybe one of the the downsides of, of YouTube Live and Facebook Live is everyone can have a voice, but everyone shouldn't yet. You know, when you're 18, and this is a, not a fake example, when you're 18 years old and you've never, you're, you're, you're just starting out in the ministry and you've decided to skip Bible college and you're doing a, a message on breaking demonic strongholds over nations, you're missing it. You, you, you're going past where you are, where you actually are. You're trying to appear past where you are. People should go to Bible school, not online Bible school, in-person Bible school. Christian said, Pastor Jonathan, I'm an electrician. I go to college at night. God told me to get a bachelor's degree for industrial and that's my calling, but it'll take me years to finish college and working. Good, take the years and finish it. It's better than taking decades of, of, of just going nowhere. Pick a track, you know, if you're in the, there's somebody watching that's in the furniture business. The furniture business has a track. You can't just be by yourself with all these things in your head. You need to get around the people who do what you do and the people that are great at doing what you do. Oh, that's awesome, John. So excited to come to RTBI in September. I got accepted. That's great. Good morning from Guyana. Good morning. That's cool that people are watching that far away. Okay, on a positive note, another young preacher that was at these fasting and prayer meetings, he said, there was a pastor here tonight that invited me to come preach at his church. It was my cousin, Preston, my youngest male cousin on my dad's side, my dad's youngest brother's son, who, by the way, went to Rod Parsley's Bible school after sitting in thousands of his father's meetings. If anybody in the natural could could, could come up with some reason why we don't need Bible college, it would be me and my cousins. But we went. It does something to you when you leave home and go train somewhere with people that don't care who your dad is. And he did. And then he told me, he said, a pastor that was here at uh, the services invited me and booked me to come preach at his church. And he said, you know what? It's It's good to be like in meetings. When you're a preacher. Yeah. If I was a professional poker player, I would be in Las Vegas or Binion's in California. or I'll I'll pump the brakes on there because it gets gets off-putting if a preacher knows too many specific sites where high poker games are. But I would be somewhere where the action is. I'd be around poker players playing poker, meeting poker players. If I was in whatever business, I'd be around them. Trade shows, whatever. I'd get in. And I'd make sure, what do you need to do to be a licensed realtor? What do you have to do to have like an actual furniture business? Not selling a table one at a time on Facebook. And then if I was in the ministry, I'd get around the ministry. When I didn't have meetings, I'd be in other people's meetings as much as I could. What are you going to do when this fast is over that's going to make your life different than it was last year? Because if you don't make plans before the fast ends, of certain things you're going to cut out of your life and certain things you're going to add into your life, then you're just going to repeat last year, at at a, at a, at a slightly lighter weight—seven pounds later, eleven pounds later, or whatever. I want you to ask yourself that and write it down. What's something you're taking out of your life, coming out of this? What's something you're adding into your life? And it can be more than one thing. There's a lady that needs help. I've been trying to help her. I told her, she needs help, she needs healed. I don't think her mind's right. But she's an intelligent person. I've known her since I was 19. She was in one of my meetings I preached when I was 19. I need to come to Pittsburgh so that you can pray for me. I said, no, my ministry is not set up to deal with somebody like you that needs like care for, for two weeks or so. I said, go to Tampa at healing school. And I'll help get you set up. And money's not a problem or anything. This was two weeks ago. I mean, if I read the text, January 17th, let me scroll way back. Let me find the date. January 14th. What are we today? January uh, 20th. So this is about a week ago. Um, Go to Tampa. They have healing school. I know people there. They can help you. Um, I'm thinking about going to Buffalo instead. Okay, then go to Buffalo. I don't know a, a soul in Buffalo, New York. So you're free to go. I've told you where I can help you. I'm thinking I need medical attention first. Okay, then get medical attention. I'm telling you a course of action you can take where I can help. If you want to take another course of action, you're free to. I need healing. Tampa has a healing school. It's the entire reason you would go. Remember? So anyway, I could read these. Then today, driving in, yesterday, Jonathan, is it too late? No, send the itinerary when you have it. That's what I've, there's send itinerary when you have it. Tell me your flight plan so I can have somebody waiting for you at the airport. That's what, that's been the conversation for two weeks. I wrote, you've taken two weeks to do something that takes 30 minutes. What is it, 1940? You got to go to the airport and, and ask, uh, any flights leaving out to Tampa? Z. He, somebody help me. Can, can I get a gate agent? You just go, you go on Priceline and book a ticket. That's all you have to do. Should I go now? Maybe I should go to get medical. So what I'm saying is, this is a microcosm of people that are in dysfunction. There's people that take, forget two weeks and three weeks, there's people that take 11 years to do something that can be done in one week. I'm thinking about getting my um, license. Start the process. What's to think about? Someone said, are they seeking attention or what? I don't know. That's why I've basically been responding for the last week. Send itinerary when you have it. I'm starting to think that maybe this is a demonic. attack. Okay, well, I don't know. Great. Book a ticket. They'll deal with the devil down there. Send itinerary when you have it. That's all I've been texting back, and I'm not going to text any. I'm trying to help the person because uh, their mind's not right and they need help, and they're they're a very intelligent person. But I don't understand why you have people. You come out of this fast. There should be changes you make. What did we announce last Sunday at church? Operation Five Hundred. A plan to get 500 unchurched, unsaved people in our church, established in our church. Not, praise the Lord, we've won 51,000 people to the Lord on the streets, and then there's, no one, there's nobody in the church. Saved, established in the house of God, 500. 500. God could do 10,000. Yeah, God can do a million. We're going to do 500 first. If we get that by April or May, it's not like we'll be, well, we're done. We'll, then we'll go further. But we're doing a practical goal with a plan to do it. So which ones do you have? What is something that you has been a part of your life up until now that you know needs to go? And then what's something that you know you've needed to add to your life that you haven't added, that you're going to add, and you need to do it. I'm talking like we break the fast Sunday night. It needs to be like happening Monday morning. If you wait a week, it'll, it'll be another year. I don't know about you. I don't want anything on my prayer list or that I'm believing for now that I'm carrying into next year. I'm not doing it. That's awesome, Corey. Yeah, people are asking about healing school. Rodney Howard Brown has healing school at his church, the the river in Tampa. The next uh, one starts up in February, which is in a few days. You should go. I was there in Tampa, smashed my vehicle, finished healing school, left. Powerful story. Let me see if I can find something real quick. Which is Proverbs thirteen eleven? Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. Work a job. You want to hear three ways to make sure you'll never be poor? There's three things almost every poor person has in common. I'm talking, this is not me, like, because I haven't eaten in 19 days uh, during the day. This is not me, like, angrily spouting things out. There's three things that um, every poor person has in common. As far as these are not Christian studies, these are sociological studies that are true. They don't finish high school, they have babies before marriage. They don't work a job that pays money. It's amazing how poverty disappears when there's an income stream. Sorry if this seems basic and condescending, but after you have a couple that leaves their child back in, back in their hotel room to come to church, you just feel like may, maybe I, you assume people know too much. So if you're one of the people that already know these things, great. But there are a, a large and growing percentage of the population that are complete dysfunctional morons. And I wish they were all pagans that are outside of church that they just need saved. There's a lot in, in church. So if the, they don't have a job that pays money. So then it, to not be poor... Finish high school. Delay having children until after marriage. And I know the pro-choice side of the United States thinks children appear in women's bodies by magic. And until we can figure out how to stop this magic that causes babies to randomly appear in women's bellies, then we need to have abortion because people just get pregnant. There's actually, if you go to an eighth grade health class, maybe they'll let you just sit in on it. There's a process that causes a baby to be born. Because I even hear adult couples. Our third child was in, was a, was a surprise. What's the surprise? You fell asleep in health class. <laughs> there are certain actions that, if you decide to take them, you're rolling the dice having a, having a baby. So delay having children till after you're married. And number three, have a job that pays money. Hey, Tanya, you and your husband are doing a great job. Not that you need my approval, but you're doing a great job over in, in the UK. Seriously, the pro-choice side, they act like it's like, we, until we get to the root of how these babies appear in bodies, how can you expect a woman to, to have to always carry her pregnancy through? Like Camila's going to be 14 and just wake up one day pregnant, you know, no, no clue. and It's going to mess her whole life up. You've made decisions that produce children. And that's, that's, where I, that's one half that I do agree with the pro-abortion crowd and the, and the Democrats. People should be able to do whatever they want. I agree. And you should also pay for it. But don't do what you want and make me pay for it. I'm not, not $1 of what I earn this year should go to help pay for people's abortions. You want to live like that? Get the money and take care of it, buy your own condoms, and leave me alone. So finish high school, delay having babies until after marriage, and uh, get a job that pays money. That's why I read Proverbs 13, 11, Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Where's, there, where's all my friends that were trading crypto for their full-time living in 2020? Where's all my friends that were doing NFTs? Bro, I'm quitting my job. So we'll make an NFT in the morning. We'll sell that thing for three grand by the afternoon. Where is it now? The, the traffic for NFTs on OpenSea, which is the app that you could buy them, is down 99.98%. You know why? It's not, a, it's not work. It's not a, it's not a thing. It's a, it's a fake thing. I mean, just when people explained NFTs to me, it's like, I don't think this is going to be something that has long-term value. Bro, you can buy art, and then you own that art, so then in the virtual world that doesn't exist yet, you can put that art up like in your fake house, and then you have that art. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I, I think I'd keep your job at the steel factory. Get rich, get rich quick. Anything to avoid work. I started collecting these coins. Some people say they're going to go up, you know, 20 times in the next 10. Yeah, okay, until that happens, work. Where do you work? I just trade crypto. I bet you if you ask them now, they got to do something else. I'm not knocking, you know, if you want to get invest, I have stocks I've bought. I have crypto I've bought. I work. I got home at, at 2 in the morning, not to sleep, home, and, and and I'm here and I'll be going all day, which is I'm not complaining, happy to do it. to do what a preacher does. The sower sows the word. So what job do you have that pays money? A job that pays money. I help my sister watch her son. If she's not paying you, it's not a job. You're running errands for somebody. A job that pays money, that you get a paycheck. That's an actual paycheck. I watched my sister's son and She'll give me, like a, she gave me a gift card, um, and then sometimes she'll give me like $100. That's not employment. That's why we set up our Bible college where people have to get a job. Because I, I think the last time I broadcasted was two, two days ago, and I pointed out Parker, that's one of our students that's in the studio, which I could point out a few of them, but I mean, at 18, and then we don't have dormitories because the Bible college just started, I don't know, though, if I want dormitories. I like that people have to get a lease, and if you leave school now, you have to break a lease, and you're gonna have to pay rent at two places. It would kind of discourage. Dormitories, you can just up and leave, no problem. And then I like that now an 18-year-old young lady from Tennessee has secured a lease on an apartment in Pittsburgh and, and works. That turns you into a different kind of person, being in the workforce, being around unbelievers. I enjoyed when I was in Bible college selling mortgages and um, working at a telemarketing place and I worked at a radio station all at the same time. I liked being around unbelievers. It got me a chance to to practice out what I was learning, people to pray for. It's good for your Christianity not to turn into a thing that exists in your house. You have no job. You're not around people. A Christian should function in society. And I like that people, hey Victor, in Rotterdam, Netherlands, good to see you. It's good to function in society. It's good to meet people that aren't all Christians, that aren't all share the same belief as you. Christianity has never been a commune religion where you find all the other spirit-filled Christians, go live somewhere, play an acoustic guitar, soak the atmosphere in worship, bro. No, You, you work, you provide. The scripture I said I was gonna look up a while ago. First Timothy five eight. 1 Timothy 5, 8. But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Do you know that was a scripture? If you don't provide for the people who live in your own house, you aren't a Christian. That's what the Bible says. You've denied the true faith, and it goes further. And are worse than infidels. Let me see if Dick has a note on that. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he's denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. It has a note on infidel, G. A faithless person, a person who believeth not. If one does not use every lawful means to provide for his own, he is worse than an infidel. Sanders said, hey, a housewife is working for money. We help our husbands earn and make. Yeah, we're not, talking, we're not talking, but if you're by yourself, then housework's not an option for work. So think of this. According to 1 Timothy 5, 8, every Christian should provide for the needs of their own house. And let me ask you a question. If God's commanded you to do something, Does he provide the power to do it or does he not provide the power to do it? I want to send something while I'm on this track. Might as well just completely do it. Let me see if I saved it on Twitter. It's a list of average incomes by race and ethnicity. And it's so varied and so doesn't make sense. Because if you watch the media, you'd think white people would be up top, but they're not. They're they're like low middle. And then who's who's on top will surprise you. Whoever's in the um, booth, grab me the list. Just just Google it real quick. It'll it'll come right up, cause I I might not have saved it. Income by ethnicity. A guy that wrote a hit piece on our ministry wrote that Shuttlesworth has an a very economic a very um ethnically diverse following, and he was surprised cause the way I preach, he'd think it was just like nothing but. White rednecks or hillbillies that follow me. So since we have an ethnic, this is going to show you that based on what group you're in, you're going to have to like think outside of your culture. I think uh, they're going to put it up, but Indian Indian Americans I think are 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 top. So you Indian families, they're put they're not they're they're pushing. There's no kid in an Indian family that it's cool that they're they're thinking about dropping out of school or they want to be in a they want to be in a band. You you're, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to do some, you're going to train to be some. There it is. That's the exact one too that I was looking for. Indian Americans average median household income $100,000. That's the like <laughs> average Filipinos 833. <83-3. coughs> Taiwan 82 and a half. Sri Lankan, 74-6. Japanese, 72-3. Malaysian, 70. Chinese, 69. Are Indian Americans native to this continent? Are they doing good because they've lived here the longest? They've lived here the shortest. It's mindsets. Chinese Americans, 69,000. Pakistani, 66,000. White. White privilege. Mm, I'd go Indian privilege. 59.9 Fifty nine nine Korean, fifty nine two Indonesian, fifty seven five Average American, fifty six two Black, forty three eight Hispanic, forty eight nine I'm not a sociologist. But if, if black is the lowest and I was black, which I'm not black, I have my makeup on from Daystar TV still yesterday, so I'm an orangish, weird tangerine type color. I'm, I'm of no race today, I'm of my own race. But if I was black, I would. How are things done in my culture? And obviously, I'm gonna have to do things differently to go up above that. Because if I go on the track of my culture, I'm headed for 43,000 a year. If I'm Hispanic, and I go on the track of my culture, I'm headed for 48 a year. So I don't know, and I don't. the last thing I wanna do is make a bunch of generalizations. I was in a Hispanic barbershop one time, the whole conversation was about, get your kid diagnosed, it was in Orlando. Get your kid diagnosed, with something. See if they can find something wrong with them because then you get an extra disability check from the government. That's a track that's going to lead you to a low level because if you ever rise above that level, then you're going to lose all your income. So be careful. Who who has taught you to live? I'm asking you. And by the way, if you're a white person and you follow whatever track white people follow, it's only going to lead you about $10,000 higher a year than, than black families. So... Most people then, according to that, if you're not an Indian American, you need to think and act and behave and plan completely different than your family's taught you how to think, act, and plan. Shawnee said, I'm black, and I'm at at about 90,000 a year. Well, without you, you're pulling the number up, so great job. And again, these are all averages. If you grow up in in a family that tells you don't get a job, government will just take it all anyway, then that's a tract that leads to poverty. I was never, the things I'm teaching to you, I was never taught them growing up. I was taught, my financial teaching growing up in a Christian white household was make sure you get a good credit score. That's it. To be a lifetime borrower. And I will tell you this. When I started getting turned on to the prosperity message by a black preacher named Dr. Leroy Thompson, the people in my family were, were worried about you, that you're starting to believe in prosperity. I came home so excited after hearing Dr. Leroy Thompson preach. It was that, that service I told you about that I felt to show $72, $1,000 came back within eight days. I got the VHS of that service and brought it back home. I wanted my whole family to watch it. You've got to see this. They just watch like this, and then when it's over, I'm concerned. You know, I don't want you to turn into a a prosperity preacher. They didn't get it. So if you're going to try to pull your whole family with you, good luck. But somebody should be the first in their family to blaze the trail, and then later they'll follow. And I'll tell you another thing. When you're in your 20s and you start going in a different direction than your family has gone, I'm talking in a better direction they'll they'll credit look at joseph oh we're gonna bow down to you hey i had a dream that stocks of wheat bowed down to my stocks of wheat oh we're gonna bow down to you let's kill this let's kill our brother so people don't like that people don't like you to go past the little mode they have carved out for you in society and that your family's carved out for you but if you're going to stay in that then why fast and pray Fasting and prayer is essentially about breakthrough. Caleb said, that happened to me when I brought your CD home from youth camp. Yeah, people, people want to stay where they're at, and they're going to criticize. They don't like the gifts of the Spirit. They're going to criticize anybody. Well, I don't believe in that. They're a little too much on the Holy Spirit. They're a little too much on prosperity. And they, that's how they stay where they're at. They reject any word from God that's, that's at a higher level than where they're at. Ashley wrote Romans 12:11 Never be lazy but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. That's a great scripture. What did Joseph do when he got sold into human traffic when he was a human trafficked person in a foreign country? He got to work. And he, and he outshined everybody and say, I, I have a prophetic gift on my life. They're, they're having me as a slave. He became top slaver. they said, no, don't live with everybody else. Come live in our house. Then he gets sabotaged, goes to prison, becomes assistant warden. And then that all worked. All his work was training to become prime minister of Egypt. Kayla said then how do you deal with a critical spirit the scripture don't put your pearls before swine Because they'll trample the pearls and then turn on you think about it when you share things you've learned from the bible With people that aren't interested in going they'll attack The revelation you shared and then they'll make accusations about you. That's what they did to joseph I had a dream. His dream was from the the lord that everybody is going to bow down to me what did his brothers and family do lift it th- praise the lord amen no oh so you're better than us we don't believe your dream and then second you just have pride let's kill him they've trampled the revelation and turned on him and anybody that's ever shared revelation from the bible is somebody that's another christian that doesn't want to receive it they'll trash i, I listened to jesse Duplantis last monday and i heard him say and he has planes you know what he said you know he has planes you know he has a big house and then you you just want things you're actually very materialistic they'll trash the person they'll trash the revelation and then they'll turn on you so Jesus said avoid it guard who you share things with people of like faith and we all wish we could share everything with our fathers and mothers and but They're not, people that aren't interested, Jesus didn't track people down and force revelation on them. No, you need to hear this, I'm the son of God, listen to me, this is my flesh, this is my blood. No, then many left and he turned to the disciples and said, are you also gonna leave? John said, my parents immigrated to the US with nothing and retired after working for 30 years with a business worth millions. The principles work for everybody. Because if it has to do with being an immigrant or not being white, then explain how Indian Americans are outshining white people by $40,000. They've almost doubled their salary. It'd be worth talking to some Indian Americans. or hanging around them. Their kid gets an A-. You'd think he committed a felony. They have high standards in general. Obviously, these are all generalizations. But cultures are different as much as they want to make it like everybody's it's not There's thought there's thought tracks in different cultures And it'd be worth stepping back and see whose thought process produces better results and then mimic them You know if you want to blame that you're in the inner city The school systems there are bad for my kids. Yeah, you're right But maybe it's also not the best to take your 11-year-old to a midnight showing of Scream 7. So there's ways people behave that produce different outcomes. And fasting and prayer for me, and I'm passing along today, is a time to reevaluate how you spend your days. Let me look for one more thing before I call it a day and we, we go to prayer. If we, um, if I'd taken the time, I would love to see the correlation between the different ethnicities' incomes and percentage of fathers in the home. What was the thing I was going to look up finally? Oh, yeah, in my notes. Systems versus goals. Where do you want to head in life? You don't have to write it in the um, comments, but I do want you to write it. Where, Where would you like to go in life? If you don't have a destination, anywhere looks like it. Where are you looking to go in life? Not where do you want to live. And then second, develop a daily system that will get you there. And that's what I'll close out talking about. In fasting and prayer, one of the most valuable things you could get is a daily system that is working towards your end goal. You know my daily system because almost everything I do is on air. I teach at 10.30 a.m., prayer noon to 1.00. 7 o'clock preaching. And then 10.30, check the news. And that system, and then you can add other things in too. Once a week, Daystar television globally. But I don't have to, that's not a daily system, but then there's other things I have going that are all getting the word out And connecting people to the church and to ministry. Because if you don't have a daily system, you think I felt like teaching today at 1030 in the morning after going to bed at whatever ungodly hour I went to bed. You put a system in place that has nothing to do with whether you feel like doing it or not. Can a Christian have demons? You probably can have a demon, you personally, of not being able to pay attention to the thing that's being taught on at the moment. Um, so what daily system are you going to have? I mean, uh, let's go more. Okay, so th- that's my teaching schedule. Then I... Meet with, with my personal trainer most days at 2: 30 p.m. for 45 minutes. I feel like doing that about no days a year, but it's a system to, to, to keep me mobile and, and uh, have physical strength and healthy. Seeing as most most sicknesses people deal with come from lack of movement. Not even diet really. you know? if you're in a caloric deficit or burning the right amount of calories, they've done studies. One guy ate like Oreos and stuff like that, but he stayed in a caloric deficit and his blood pressure cleared up, which I'm not promoting eating that, but the it's the lack of movement. You wouldn't have to... An Olympic swimmer doesn't have to be careful what they put in their body. They actually need like 12,000 calories a day. So they, they can eat like a horse. They can eat more than a horse. And they actually will have a, you know define muscles and movement it's the lack of movement that's killing people what do they say however many percentage of kids are obese now and they want to treat it with more medicine so everything in the west is set up to deal with everything with pills no movement no exercise and i'm kind of straying from what i'm teaching on but that was the way i had to frame it in my mind to work out every day if it was about strength or health, I didn't care. But when I framed it, because you know how I think, especially if you watch me on Check the News and how I feel. No, I didn't keep working out during the fast. I never have. Um, when I saw that there was like an FDA government plan to keep me from working out and to have me eat crap and drink Mountain Dew that I enjoyed and a bunch of other garbage foods that i enjoyed but when i started to see it that it's like a scheme to make me sick and make me have to pay for medicine when i framed it in my mind like that it made it it made me motivated to get a trainer and work out because for me i there's about two ways i can motivate myself god has to specifically say it or if i know If I know demonic people are working to make me do something, then I enjoy going in the opposite direction. And when I saw it that way, that working out is like a middle finger to the World Economic Forum, and the FDA and the health officials that locked us down, then I could motivate myself. So frame things how you have to frame them in your mind to get you motivated. So I threw that in. That's a personal thing. Write down in the comments before we close up. Systems versus goals. Most people have neither. Then some Christians are real big on setting goals. But a goal with no system to bring you to the goal is a waste of time. It's just a dream. So the system for me. Is more important and when you have a good system in place it brings you things it just I like setting up a a spirit-led system daily system and then just seeing what it produces we have a we have church systems we have soul winning teams go out every Saturday we have a prayer they're all intake valves so I could have a goal we want to have 2,000 by the end of the year how we just believe in God's gonna send them no have the Lord show you systems to put in place that will, that will move you towards your target. What is your daily system that moves you towards your goal? I wake up, I take my kids to school, then I come home and do laundry. Not, unless your goal is to have kids dropped off at school in a laundered house, that's, I'm not asking you what's your daily routine. I'm asking you what's your daily system you've set in place to move you towards your goal. Now, people have to do that. Adolis takes Camila to school. For all the people that think I'm knocking housework and, and housewives, Adolis is a five-star housewife. But look at everything else she does too. You have more capacity than you think you have. I, you know, have a lot of laundry at my house. What are you, hand-washing it? Let's be honest, you're throwing a load in and then watching The prices Right in your pajamas eating Doritos or whatever. So stop acting like things take your full time that don't. I don't know what Bob Rogers said last night. Somebody said, Bob Rogers said, what we're doing is a half fast. If you want to call it that. I've already told you why we're doing 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., and it's a Bible fast. And if you call a 21-day full fast, no one's going to do it at a church. So they're just going to feel bad for 21 days. 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. is doable. I've taught on all this already. And I mean, I know this is like the sixth time I've said it, but I'm telling you, Do you know when I started going to the gym the week after we finished the 21 day fast back in 2018 or 19? I thought that's missing that needs to get added in. I gave myself a week to eat and kind of like get get a little nourishment back and then went to fast. I mean then went to work out. If I had waited two weeks, I'd have never done it. And I had made up my mind about it on the fast. Called LA Fitness, booked a trainer, all that stuff while on the fast. Your February 1st this year should look nothing like your February 1st last year. There should be at least one different thing. There's a five-day work week in America, which gives you a sixth day to develop something that moves you towards your goal. I want you to write this down. While you're waiting for your dream, work. You can tell from those scriptures I used that God honors hard work. God doesn't see you getting a job as a lack of faith. It pleases him. You know what God sees as a displeasing lack of faith? is posting on Facebook, I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent this week. Everyone should take care of the needs of their own house. The exception are widows and orphans. So if you're in your mid-hundreds and your husband passed away 15 years, I support people like that. We feed those kids overseas. Kids, I feel, you know, you don't want to be a, um, a, a jerk, but when I, when I see a grown man sitting somewhere, I need money. Sounds right. That's how it's supposed to work. You sit and do nothing, you need money, and then I'm hungry. Yes, th- have that hunger motivate you to go do something that produces money. Hun- hunger, physical hunger is actually what produced me going to get my first jobs in Bible college. The school was in debt. They, the, the standard of food they were serving got worse and worse. And I thought, I don't want to eat this. I'm hungry. I'm 18 or 19, I think, when I got the job. I want, I'm hungry. And I can't afford to go out and get good food or food that's going to fill me up. Then plus, because the Bible college was run by old people, dinner was at 5 sharp. And when you're in college, you're staying up studying until midnight or 1 in the morning I was ravenously hungry at one in the morning, midnight. I mean, I was like looking outside my dorm window if there were any animals to run after, tackle, snap their neck, and eat the meat raw. If I found like old pizza in someone's room there, bro, that's been there for like 10 days. No problem. I was hungry. So I thought enough of this. I Googled Providence, Rhode Island, $20 an hour. And that's, how I, that's the miraculous story of how I found my job. And I'll tell you the other thing. Everybody at my Bible college was a host or hostess or server at Applebee's or Chili's. There were a bunch of restaurants like that around the school. And they never had any money. I always heard them saying, I can't go out to eat. I don't have any money. So I was thinking, these guys are working every day and they don't have any money. So I'm not getting their job. I'm getting a job that makes money. Surely in this city there has to be one. And I was the only one from my Bible college that worked at that place. There were places everybody at Bible college worked. I went to another place. I'm trying to inspire you to do that. Do something different than your family. Or you're going to be, unless you want to be, now if your family's billionaires or 100 million, or they, they, they own 40% of the Milwaukee Brewers, they've done very well, then, then, then repeat their steps. But even with me, my dad was a 10- Five-star role model of, of evangelism. But I, I've added things in to go further, and it's made him proud. That you went, you know, he was concerned in the beginning, but when it worked, he's proud now. What are you going to do differently this year? If your church is the same size when we're having this fast next year that it is right now, you, you're, something's wrong. If your business is the same size, something's wrong. Growth, increase. They're not just things to shout and dance about. They're things during prayer and fasting to get a plan. How am I going to spend my days? If you don't order your days, someone else with an ordered day will order yours. You know, a lot of it starts with just quit being tired. I'm tired. Well, wake up. Money is not a miracle, and swimming in money doesn't take a supernatural act from God. Actions you take on, on a daily basis produce income. And the greater the action and the more intelligent the action and the more diligent the action, the, great, the greater the, the revenue. And then when the money comes in, if I, now I keep saying I'm just going to do one more scripture, but let me do one more. Ecclesiastes ten nineteen. A feast is made for laughter, and wine maketh merry, but money answers all things. Who would have thought that was a scripture verse? In a lot of denominations, if I said true or false, There's a verse in the Bible that says money answers all things, all the falls. But it's there. Obviously, it's in the context of the rest of the Bible. Money can't answer the redemption of your soul. Money, Money can't substitute for the redemption of the blood of Jesus, but... There's very few things that you face in life that can't be solved by money. I know that sounds very unspiritual, but it's in the Bible, and it's true. If somebody wants to shut our church down on some technicality, and they know we don't have any money, and then that same person wants to shut our church down, and they know we have millions of dollars, and the top lawyer in the United States that's already won cases of the thing they're trying to bring, you think it doesn't affect the plans of the enemy against your, your church? Yeah, people say things behind closed doors like, I want to go after them if I were you. They have money. They'll bankrupt you before you ever get to court. Money's the difference between praying for a car and buying a car. Ecclesiastes ten nineteen. So I know I've talked a lot about money, because Jesus talked a lot about money and going into this year, stop just earning the same salary. First of all, if you're not earning a salary, that would be a great thing to add. That would be a testimony for twenty twenty three. I used to live on government assistance or I just whatever, you know, I didn't have much money, and I I, I got this employment and I'm doing great. And watch the Lord. You know what you're doing? Deuteronomy eight eighteen. I am the Lord your God who, it is the Lord your God who giveth thee power to create wealth. You're giving God, he didn't say, I give you wealth, I give you power to create wealth. So you're giving God a place and a vehicle to bless you in, which most Christians never do. There's no way for God to get blessing to them, they don't do anything. You're doing laundry and watching the prices right, you're making it difficult on God. But you get out. and I know, I know I've used a lot of like negative and bad examples. You know that I have other Christian friends. Series seven stock trader, top in his company. Realtor, top in the company. Realtor in the, in the crowd that's, that's on top. Another one I know in Texas, I think the top woman in that group in the country, Christian. Get in something and be the best. And not, not crypto a, a thing, like with a building and people. Not some imaginary space cadet charismatic world. I'm just believing that the wealth of the nation is going to come into my hand. Yeah, okay. You're like a half step from the mental institution. You can believe that, but then get some action behind it. Great job, Lewis. Lewis said, I got my Series 7 and 6-3 licenses last year for trading. See? Now, he could. Now, Lewis, I wish there was a way you could just transform and be here. Why? Why did you get those licenses? You could just download Robin Hood and trade on your phone like I do. Why did you go and get Series 7 licenses? That are serious licenses that you have to pay lots of money to get. Why did you take steps to become a high-level, recognized professional trader? What Lewis said is what I'm trying to get you to do. Whatever you're doing, get in the actual flow that makes you a professional in that field. I went to Bible college. I got licensed. I got ordained. Nobody's got to license me, bro. The Holy Ghost licensed me when he called. Okay, let me know how that works out. Make foolproof of your ministry. There's people you need to get around. And then, you know, going on Daystar yesterday and eight days before that, that's Christianity. That's like like it or not. You know, there's people watching me yesterday in Africa. There's people watching me in Australia without me ever having to leave America. America. Reach people I would never meet. I've had several people that have over half a million followers on Instagram that are, I'm not going to say their names, but like famous people. They've never come to my church. I finished doing an hour on Daystar, so-and-so's following you. They're liking all all my posts, repost. NFL players, reposting teachings I'm doing now on YouTube. Because there's there's a, a road to get on in whatever profession you're in. That's awesome, Dre. I saw your comment on the app. You know, it, it, Dre said, I'm Native American. My wife and I have been blessed making between one hundred and 150000 a year, which I don't know what the average is for Native, but I know that would be much higher than the average. We both don't have higher degrees and refuse government help, and we refuse tribal money. We depend on the Lord. It might not be the worst program one time to bring somebody in like Dre that's a Native American, bring someone who's black, bring somebody who's Hispanic and talk about things and cultures that limit forward advancement. And I bet the more we talked we'd find out it actually has nothing to do with color. It has to do with similar choices. The Philippines is not close to India. But they're right next to each other on the high end of in- earning. I guarantee you they run their families and their children the same way. They're not the same culture. And then I bet if you went to the low end of earning, then there's, there's similar rates of fathers in the home, all that. So make different decisions. Decisions. Don't go to work, come home, eat, watch a little TV, fall asleep. Don't exist. Dominate. So what does that look like? Because I even almost hate saying don't exist, don't eat, yeah. But then, okay, which is true, but like, then how? What are you, how are you gonna spend your days? That's awesome. There's a lot of great testimonies in the, in the comments of how people are doing. I said, did you look to go somewhere or did you just go look to preach the gospel? I, I went to Bible school. I preached while I was in Bible school and I didn't drop out till I was finished. Hmm. Maybe I'll set that up. That would be an interesting talk. You know why? I'd be interested in it because I don't have any preconceived thoughts. No one cares about race less than me. I don't care. I could name you 10 people of every skin color that I don't like. I could never be a white supremacist because I've been to Walmart at 1 in the morning. (laughs) You'd have to think they're not that they're not that supreme you know I shouldn't be able to read your c-section car, uh, tattoo just a thought when you go out grocery shopping on that note father thank you for the time of 21 days of prayer and fasting thank you for speaking to our spirits thank you for your word that says as many as are led by the spirit they're the sons and daughters of God Help us. Thank you for specific instructions and specific plan. In Jesus' name. Amen. Show me an emoji hand if you have received a specific instruction from the Lord during prayer and fasting of either something to remove, something to add, or both. I hope you have. If you haven't, we got the last set of three days, today, Saturday, Sunday, to press in. Get it. Put it into action before the fast is over. Your flesh rushes back in full force when the fast ends. Be a big person. I might do that, that race, um, race and economics roundtable discussion, but I just got to give some thought to it because, I mean, how do you even... You'd have to have several people from every race because it's not... People's experiences aren't... You know, you talk about like being white, a white person that lives in rural Alabama and a white person that lives on the east side of Manhattan, they might as well be one purple and one, one orange. There's two different, just you know, people. So how would you talk about being Brazilian? How would you talk about being Indian? And somebody from India that grows up in the bush in India and somebody that grows up in Mumbai, it's two different worlds. So I don't know. It's almost like you'd need, you'd need like a bunch of people from each group but I'll, I'll think about it. It would be an interesting chat. Yeah, that's a good point, Marissa. Our, we wouldn't have to really even go outside of our staff. All right, give you a final chance on these, man, it's hard to believe, final chance on these daily broadcasts during the prayer and fasting to sow a seed i know people have already sown their best seed quite a few but then you got new people coming in all the time people that join the fast week three that didn't even know about this going on don't let the 21 days of prayer and fasting go by without making a move financially in the kingdom of god here's the ways to give This is my book, Financial Overflow. If you enjoyed it, my take on finances or what you hear me say, I've really, this is the best thing that I've ever organized on it. 10 Bible principles to unlock heaven's unending supply. I'll send that to everybody that sows a seed of any size today, anyone that does a 1,000 or more. I will sign this new this is my newest book understanding the world the world in light of bible prophecy i'll send that to you thank you for your generous sowing into the king of god standing with us as god continues to open huge doors to preach the gospel pray for people all that stuff Seven o'clock tonight is going to be a blowout service. I know there's people coming in from all over the place. Look forward to see you tonight. Prayer in a handful of minutes. Thanks for being on today. It's been a very enjoyable 19 days of doing these broadcasts during fasting and prayer. It helps to do the fast if you're listening to the Bible and listening to stuff about fasting. And It's hard doing a fast when you're just sitting home by yourself and watching uh, food commercials on TV. So I'm glad we did this together. I'm looking forward to you having all kinds of testimonies this year. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.